more guests for the gladiatorial games. Welcome to another edition of Masterpiece Theater. You are just in time to see slave and champion spill blood for blood sport and for crime and glory and honor. And did I say crime? Bring in the slaves. And now, glorious members of the audience, I present to you your champion, Chongo. You're about to bear witness to the third installment of the Month of Swords, Sorcery, and Shirtless Sweaty Guys. In this next movie, there are plenty of little fairies, and pixies, and little girly fucking dwarves, and little girly men, who's actually even shorter than the dwarves in real life, but that is neither here nor there. There is one shirtless sweaty guy, with the physique of a statue, and muscles glimmering in the firelight. And they're glistening, and he's very horny. And the, did I mention the muscles? And they are big and sweaty. And, uh, I lost my train of thought. Chango kill! <laughs> Okay, okay, pass me the elderberry wine. Oh, here it is, Rumpelforskin. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I got shot in my brain pan. Waste <laughs> <laughs> not a drop now. Drink it all down. Yes, uh, you... Whoa! Yes, yes. Don't take more than a thumb of food or else you'll get all crazy again. Oh, God, I'm getting crazy. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, warning, this episode contains adult language and mature situations. <laughs> fairies, don't forget fairies. Yes, 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 and rhyme battling goblins. Uh, and uh, Ron Hubbard. Yes, no, 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 it is. No, not him. It is a, a, a pre Ron Hubbard called Tom Cruise. <laughs> it has rapist dwarves. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. And it, it has gratuitous use of bubbles. I love bubbles. I love bubbles and sparkles. It has unicorns for some reason. <laughs> unicorns. My girlfriend loves unicorns. And it has a sweaty shirtless... Cheered up Tim Curry, oh how scary he looks. <laughs> but I kind of like that. <laughs> Either way, listener discretion is advised. <laughs> <laughs>
episode 31. Run, honey, thorn gum, run! Hello and welcome to another episode of Spy Can Movie Review. This is your host, Zan. And your co-host, Deke. Hey guys, how you doing? Pretty good, we're hoping. Yes, it's another fun-filled and wonderful episode of our theme month, the Sword Sorcery and Sweaty Shirtless Guys month. Don't get your priorities mixed up. The shirtless guys come last. It's all about the swords and sorcery first. We're hoping. Although, if you're in sweaty shirtless guys, as there are a lot of annotations to, hey, whatever. Whatever, true, true, true. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com or on iTunes. You can email us at spirekinmovie at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com, deke.spirekin at gmail.com, or you can give us a call, and we do love calls, at area code 206-350-8462. Leave a message, and we will play it on air, especially if it's very funny. And we get lonely, and we love to listen to you guys and your feedback. And also, we're doing a contest. If you could do the Bob Dole voice the best... We'll put you on air at the end of a stinger. <laughs> yes. So as we said, we are on to a very special episode because it is another fun-filled episode. And remember from the last episode, we actually did review something spooky and scary with uh, Peter McNally, the very strange... And yes, Vigo, Vigo. Yes, yeah. it, is, it is I, Vigo. <laughs> the Carpathian. Yes, Dragon Slayer. And if you remember, at the end of the episode, we rolled the Dodecahedron of movies in a 68 on test, we are reviewing a pretty interesting movie. Now, some of you are like wondering, wait, what the fuck? Didn't, weren't they supposed to say a bunch of things about what they do? Well, the fact is, you've been here long enough. For the Sparkin Manga Review, our main podcast, we've been doing it for over 150 episodes, and this we've done for over 30 episodes, so you should get this by now. Yes, you understand the rules and regulations. So we're just going to jump right into it, get into it, and also I think most of you have been waiting since our wonderful bumper, and then our actual disclaimer, and then this, you've been waiting for probably five, seven minutes. <laughs> yes. Get on with it. We want to know what the hell we're talking about here. So, as we said... Last episode, we rolled the dodecahedron of movies, and it dictated us to be reviewing a movie by Ridley Scott. Now, this yes. guy is notorious for doing one thing with all of his movies. <laughs> Re-releasing them in many different incarnations, usually as director's cuts and whatnot. Yes, his most famous of these is Blade Runner, where there's over ten different versions of the fucking movie. And oddly enough, you can't buy any of them anymore. <laughs> Except the final cut, which is the one which some people say is the worst of them all. So it's like, really? Yeah. I mean, but he does it a lot, though. I mean, even Alien has its own director's cut. They released for the... No, extended... that new one has six different versions on. I'm like, oh, are you fucking... <sighs> Ridley Scott, why don't you just take it and do the original idea and leave it alone? <laughs> it's like, no, I should change it to do this. <laughs> he doesn't do like a George Lucas thing where he inserts new special effects or anything like that. He just re-edits them and likes to retell the same story. But, oh, let's put the ending in the beginning and do this as a flashback. And, oh, let's put this scene in. I love this scene. Ah, <laughs> This movie's director's cut, which we unfortunately were not able to review because we're reviewing the original, and we'll be constantly going back to saying, this is better than this one, this is worse than this one, so on and so forth. And the one thing he did is he actually changed the soundtrack, which was a benefit, or a detriment. We don't know. But, okay, this movie was produced by Tim Hampton and Arnon Milchan. Milchan? What the fuck? What is he, a Japanese little schoolgirl? Milchan! I, I don't know any Japanese people named Arnon. Like, Arnon. A-R-N-O-N. Arnon. Not even Arnold or, you know, Arnie. It's Arnon. That sounds like a fucking... It should be on the periodic table of elements. Oh, oh you make me created a new nuclear weapon, and the key element is Arnon. Or what if you get rid of the R? His name's Anon. <laughs> Hi, Anon. You're anonymous. 
Milchan means donor in Japanese. Arnon Milchan. Arnon Milchan. I don't know. Who and knows? The story is written by William Hjortsberg. Yes, hmm. It was it's... a crazed Viking fucking warlord? Or... No, he's a Viking Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I am William Hjortsberg. I do raids and I raid your banks. <laughs> That's awful. Yes, it... You gotta cut that. <laughs> Remember, Eric, you need to supplement all your weapons that you buy. And just to let you know, just... I am a finesse Jewish, so I can get away with this. <laughs> My great-grandfather was Jewish, so ha-ha! I went to a Jewish preschool. But that's another story which was actually pretty interesting. But yeah, my father's girlfriend of 12 years is Jewish, so all my extended family is Jewish. So. Ah, <laughs> so, so we can get away with this. I love the monies. The only thing I don't... With Jewish things, the only thing I don't like is I know matzah is good, but I don't know. That, that soup hey. that comes with it is not that good. Hey. No, I'm not a fan of matzahs. Uh, or the unleavened bread. Or Belchan loves bread. matzah balls. She loves... Kvetch, not Kvetch, she, she loves lox. I, oh, lox is awesome. Fish, Lo- all lox of, all is 50-50. 50-50, depending on But now they're saying it's not kosher anymore. I know. Aye, oy, that's a whole other can of worms. Exactly. So, either way. And this movie is starring Mia Sarah, who was in... Bueller. Bueller. Yeah, the, the crazy one. Has she done anything since these I movies? don't think so. She was probably hot in the 80s. She, she's probably dead for all we know. She may have gotten into a horrible car accident. Actually, she did this before Bueller. Oh. This is her first movie. Oh, wow. She was in By the Sword, Time Tracks, Time Cop, The Setup. She was in 2000 Leagues Under the Sea, Jack and the Beanstalk. She does a lot of science fiction. It looks like a lot of TVs, though. TV movies. And, and the whatnot. last movie she did is The Witches of Oz. Okay. And she's in Birds of Prey as Harley Quinn. That's interesting. All right, it's also starring someone named David Bennett. Uh, who the fuck is David Bennett, you may be asking. I asked myself that myself. Um, he is nobody, apparently. He has done nothing except for Midsummer Night's Dream, where he played a fairy. And in this movie, he is... A fairy. <laughs> so I guess his his prospects are wonderful yes, and great. he's nothing. It's also starring a guy playing a woman, Robert Picardo, who plays Meg Mucklebones. Meg, actually, interestingly enough, the best piece of prosthetics, second best piece of prosthetics in the film... Oh, and also David Bennett. We didn't even hear his voice. A woman did the voice of his character. Yeah, good. And also played the secondary villain, Alice Platon. Oh, yeah. That, oh, was, that a, was a girl? Yeah. Good oh, actually, I was always wondering. So that's the third makeup job that's given this makeup effects. It is actually Tom Botton who did Blade Runner and The Howling. And John Carpenter's... Oh, yeah, Rob Bettini. That guy, yeah, that guy's nuts. That guy's insane. And actually... An interesting fact about him, after he did the thing, he had to spend some time in a mental hospital because he was, like, literally shot and was kind of going crazy. And, then, like, on the, the supplements, on the DVD, he actually gets kind of embarrassed about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I had to spend a little time in the hospital. And, like, he doesn't talk about it anymore. <laughs> He's seen some crazy shit. Yes. And so, let's get into the two main characters of the film. Yes. The antagonist and protagonist. And we'll start with the lesser of two actors, which is the protagonist of the movie. And this is before he went crazy and started jumping on couches and started telling everyone, Yes, medicine is bad. It's all about washing your brain clean of fucking thoughts. We're talking about Tom Cruise. Tom Nutsack Cruise. And he's not the shortest person in this movie. Surprisingly, this must have been a real I'm, big... I'm very surprised that he wasn't the shortest person in this movie, because usually he's standing up on stools, like, in scenes, or on milk crates and shit. Yeah, this Just, movie, he must have been like, Yes, I'm tall now! I'm taller than the fairy, and taller than the sprite. 
Must have been very happy with that. And this movie is one of his better roles before he went crazy. Because after he went crazy, his roles... Well, lately his was, movies have sucked. Yeah, it was before he was like... This is one of his first like leading man kind of... Well, he's always kind of a leading man, but this is definitely an offshoot. He's never done anything quite up to this ever again. That's for damn sure. Some could say it's his best role. It's arguable. It's his best uh, fantasy swords and sorcery type. He only did two, so it's... it's, it's yeah, well... <laughs> exactly. And now, the person who you come to see this movie for, the true main character of this movie, the antagonist of it, the star. Ironically, oh. this is our second time we've actually reviewed a movie star in this man. It is Tim Curry. Rocker. Yes, with his lovely voice, he plays actually a very scary and ominous character. And if you know, immediately when you see him, he's covered in prosthetics. He looks nothing like he normally does. No, he's ripped in this movie. He obviously worked out for this. And once you see you see this really scary, fucked up thing, and you're like, oh god, this thing's scary. But then you hear that very seductive and yeah, it's like a luring, dark, evil, seductive voice. And that's why he's good at voice acting, also, because he has that voice, which is very. Yeah, and he's real animated the way he speaks, you know, tap into that. He's definitely an inspiration. And he will actually make you charismatic and he makes you interested. And so, what movie are we talking about? We are talking about... Legend. Which was released in 1985, and I think I saw this in theaters. Maybe. I remember my mom had a VHS copy of this that she taped off, like, HBO. That's how... Actually, it came out in 86. What? That makes no sense. Oh, Uh, there's two release dates. Oh, the UK came out first, so maybe that's why. Uh, That's why maybe the UK version is a little bit different than the US theatrical, which is one of the things that uh, goes along with this movie is the story, the whole Ridley Scott putting up two different versions of this movie goes without saying. Um, Yeah, for the United States and the United Kingdom versions, and the movie was actually, surprisingly, it was a flop. Wow, it did horrible. The, the budget was $30 million and it did $15 million. That's pretty bad. It's a cult movie, though. A lot of people... It's a lot, it has a strong female following, even in Swords and Sorcery. I guess... Well, what sh- how should we set this movie up? Should we talk about... What should we talk about first? Well, we should just break down the basic premise. Okay. Now, now this movie is a fairy tale. It really is a fairy tale. Even though at the beginning of this movie it lays out the whole thing, which is retarded with this very long... Cr- yeah, there's a crude uh, Times New Roman font, fucking scrolling letters that come up, and kind of like in Star Wars, but real shitty. It just lays out the whole plot. Why do they need to do that? They should be able to explain it with the film. That's what I'm used to. And, and the director said they don't do that, and that's better. And the premise is it's a whole thing that in the past, many years ago, as most stories say... The darkness ruled everything. The evil ruled everything. And then a being appeared, brought light, and blah, blah, blah. And the power of the light and love and everything is been imbued in the mythical creatures of unicorns. Yay, I love unicorns. Yes, and the funny thing is that there's only two in the movie, and maybe it's because they couldn't afford it. Maybe it's something else. Maybe they're the king and queen unicorn. We don't know. Because yeah, I really doubt two? there's only they, two. They, they, I mean, obviously unicorns, they want to fuck because they're all about the love and having a good time. There's got to be little unicorns running around somewhere. I, I guess he just didn't think of that. Nah, so either way, we'll assume there's only two on the planet. And the Lord of Darkness has kind of been hiding out for the last millennia. And he's kind of getting a little pissed at this. So he has one of his servants, this goblin named Blix, who's played by, like I said, Alice Playton, and he tells him, Yeah, look, I got a job for you to do. 
there's these weird creatures that are bothering me, that make me mad, that's why I'm stuck down here, so I want you to kill them, and you do it, and I will give you a kingdom and make you all powerful and whatnot. Okay, master, I'll go out right away. <laughs> and he kind of also says, If you fuck this up, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I don't think he said that in this version, though. No, Maybe but he, in the he implies version, it a little bit. Yeah, like, you can tell. First shot in the movie is some dude getting beaten by, like, an ogre next to a flame. Like, he's hacking into him, and the guy's like, ah! Like, and he's getting cooked. I mean, so, you know, it's uh, pretty so ominous. Sight without said. Yeah, so it's, there's it's, a lot of torture in the Dark Lord's palace, obviously. Which is very well designed. It's actually in a giant dead tree. It, we were wondering if it was the world tree, actually. Yeah, it looked like a, the original tree of mana or whatever, you know, but it's dead, and there's actually, like, spires coming out of it, like, uh, like castle-like features. It's really, really fucking cool. Miniatures yes. are awesome. The miniatures are awesome. The set design is beautiful. I mean, we were wondering if, at one point, the underground sequence, if it was actually from the Goonies... I, and actually, it very well could have been, seeing as it was probably filmed 84, 85 in that time period, like early 85. So it definitely, obviously, could have been. It could have been one or the other. Especially because, yeah, yeah, or they borrowed it from that. Yeah, it's a universal release, so it definitely could have been. Should have been. So, we have now the plot of the main bad guy. He wants to kill the unicorn so that darkness will reign, the sun won't come up, and then he can come back and... <laughs> And then on the other side, we have Jack of the Green, played by Tom Cruise, and he's a fairy boy. Yes, he got his uh, outfit from Peter Pan's garage sale this time around, and he's just hopping out of trees. Like Basically, it's like, oh, where's Jack? Oh, there he is. He just jumped out of a tree. And he is, we'll say, he's a level 5 ranger. Maybe. Possibly. He's got some tricks. Uh, his charisma is very high, and his, his speech fucking role was good. <laughs> yeah, his, his charisma is insanely high. His intelligence... Negligible. His wisdom definitely. His intelligence might be like eh, medium. His wisdom is fucking. Yes. His his agility is high. His constitution is meh. His strength is bare bottom. Yeah. His strength. He got a fucking snake eyes on that roll. <laughs> he had to have got it too. So either way, he lives in the forest and he is in love with Princess Lily, who we learn a l sort of later on that she's a princess. It kind of. And what does she do? She's a mischievous girl who. Break into someone's house without telling them will make them drop their laundry, spill on the ground, and steal food from them. <laughs> yeah. And she's a princess. She has a whole fucking castle and reign at her command, but no, she bothers these peasants daily. So yeah, that's so that happens. So, oh, oh, Princess Lily, it's so so good to see you again. Blah 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 blah. Why why are you coming here to bother us when you have written? She says her. I mean, I like the sentiment that she's a princess who says, look. The fact is that even though I have power, it's more that you have the better life. The grass is always greener. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the the whole Princess Jasmine thing from you know to make Aladdin, it yeah. to like Aladdin. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so basically, she's like, "Oh, I gotta cut short this visit. I I got things to do." And basically, you find out that she wants to make out with Jack uh, in the woods. That's yeah, what she does. Well, in one version, the other version is just she's her best friend. And she's in love with him, and she wants to marry him, and her she's made a deal with her father that if she can marry whoever she wants, as long as she sets a challenge that she approves of. So oh. she's going to make a challenge of throwing a ring into a, a pond, and he has to go after it. The minute he goes after it, she starts freaking out like... like well, we didn't get to... First they're making out in the forest, da, 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 that's cool, but it turns out Jack is kind of gay, and he's like, oh no, Lily, we got to stop doing this. 
here, I gotta show you something, but you gotta put on this blindfold and come out to the dark part of the forest. So he leads her out blindfolded. It's only the rapist dwarf pops that goes. <laughs> So then, you we'll know, get to the rapist dwarf in a bit. He undoes the blindfold, and then two unicorns go out, and yada yada. And then Lily's like, "Ooh, I want to touch one." Jack's like, "Hey, don't do that." And she goes anyway. And, and she just she gets all all prissy like a stupid princess. And that's the the one thing I was pissed off. I was like, "She's like, she's like, I just wanted to touch one." Like, and you're like, "Really?" He's saying, "Stop, please. You're not supposed to do that." And she's like, "Don't touch! Don't touch! Don't fucking touch the goddamn unicorn!" It's like, "Don't push the red button." <laughs> but I want to push her. Don't push. Don't do it, bitch. And then, the, but we find out the whole time that the the goblins have been stalking the two lovebirds, and then it sets up the trap because Lily uh, distracts the unicorn, and the goblin hits it with a fucking poisonous blow dart, and then all shit breaks. Kind of like Jack's pissed off. Hey, I told you not to touch it. All of a sudden, it's getting real dark out for some reason. They, there was no solar eclipse scheduled, you know, this time. And Lily, using her feminine wiles, is able to get him to be like, "Okay, whatever you said, Lily." And then she says, look, I can marry whoever I want to as long as they do the completed challenge I do. She throws a ring into a pool. He jumps after it immediately. She starts freaking out like, why did you jump? And you're like, uh, bitch, uh, you told him that the the sooner he gets this, the sooner he can marry you and, and properly fuck you and become a prince, you know? Um, hey, you set the fucking rules. Although Jack, to, to his discredit, he literally didn't even look. The the bottom of the fucking cliff he was on could have been filled with jagged rocks for all he knew. He just just like, and he fucking ultimate, dies ultimate off. Ultimate director's cut. Jack falls down, breaks his neck. <laughs> he gets impaled with a giant fucking stalagmite. You're like, <laughs> it's like, oh, well. Just roll the end credits. <laughs> So he dives in, then all of a sudden, you know, Lily starts freaking out, like most women eventually do, but, you know, this happened a little bit too quick. And in a cool sequence, as the one unicorn has been hit with the dart, and as it's running away, you have the goblin Blix and his two friends, one who's a weird steam monster, maybe? Yeah, just a suit of armor, basically. Suit of armor, and then you have a pig. Yeah, a Uh, a, a pig. they're (laughs) They're chasing after them. And as they're chasing him in a really cool sequence, you see the seasons are rapidly changing because it was summer, it's going to autumn, and then they proceed to, quote-unquote, kill, sort of, the unicorn. They just cut off its horn and it dies. I mean, I thought he said kill, yeah, not literally... take off the horn. <laughs> yeah. Don't do recurrible damage to the unicorn, actually. But no, no, that didn't happen. They they do that in the horn. The, when they take the horn off the unicorn, it dies, sort of. Then they run off. Ha-ha! And apparently the unicorn's horn gives you omnipotent power like I know that most sword and sorcery things they say the hair of a unicorn the blood of a unicorn can give you magical powers you use as a, in your focus to enchant it but maybe the horn has all the power I get it would make sense at least the, the horn is like if you had a unicorn horn that would be like hey you killed the unicorn if you had a, a pile of hair in your hand you wouldn't really know it's a but magical I the, unicorn but the blood hair. would I think would have been the much more well, well yeah that's true but the horn it's a focal point it could it's be, also a, a it looks like a symbol. wand too yeah 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 exactly it's the most <laughs> it's the most powerful phallus ever created a unicorn's horn but it's it's definitely not masculine. It's still a unicorn's horn. So Blix and him go crazy, and they proceed to go. Bish, bish. I know it keeps like in the in the vein of Tim the Enchanter. He just points the horn, and like fire shoots up, and chairs explode, and, and eggs crack, and meh. And meanwhile, in the mortal realm, everything's frozen except for Lily and Jack. Which brings us to the question of why isn't she frozen? Is she a fairy princess? Is it because she was at the epicenter of the? incident where it's kind of like the eye of the storm yeah who knows the old crone whose laundry that she tossed in the mud earlier is frozen in time along with her mysterious husband who appeared out of nowhere 
Every everybody's frozen except for Lily and Jack, which is weird. It's never really explained. I mean, we obviously it would have been really fucking quick, uh, quick whatnot if uh, yeah, they, they got frozen. Said something else, but no, 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 they don't. They just kind of yeah. wash yeah. over it. They're there, and then it goes into as she's she watches them enter the house for no reason. They cause havoc, and Jack, almost frozen to death, is rescued by a bunch of well. Creepy people. <laughs> a bunch of wino fucking pixies come by and, and like, midgets. hey Jack, what happened? He's like, oh, I took my girlfriend to see the unicorn. He's like, you did what? Well, he's like, oh, but I did it for love. And he's like, oh, well, okay, let's drink to that. Yeah, so then they kind of start drinking. 180. It's like suddenly, because first he's like, he's acting all cool, like he's just tempting him to lie to him. And then he tells him the truth, he freaks out, then he's like suddenly, oh, it's okay though. <laughs> the world's gonna destroy, but you did it for love. Yay. Yes. So, yeah, that's so they do that. Lily's chasing the fucking Bix and the goblins for the unicorn's horn because she knows she fucked up. They get a visit by Big D, as we'll call him, Tim Curry. And Tim Curry says, Oh, she killed them both. He's like, Yes, yes, we killed them both. We, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then why is the sun rising? He's like, Hey, sorry, boss. Uh, <laughs> he's like, Well, we killed the male one. The female one doesn't have any power. And he's like, Oh. Does have any power? It has the power of creation. It's able to give birth. You, you fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the power of the male is to spread his seed and go to sleep directly afterwards. Um, the, the female is the one that bears the fucking you know weight of the world of creation uh, for a time period. Yeah, so you better fix this now, or you're gonna get killed. Yeah. Just like your friend, throw the armor man into the pit. <laughs> but he, pit, the armor man, tried saying, "I'm gonna try holding you up with the power of the one." He's like, "No." He's like, "Give me that fucking one." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised Jensen just on hand go, <laughs> just flick him away. <laughs> he should definitely should have freaking punted him into the pit. <laughs> like just pick him up and then kick him like a fucking football. Like, <laughs> then so, okay. So then that's that's the first thing. So then, cut back to our Jack. He's going to do something or other with the pixies, and they, they leave a dwarf there over guard of the other unicorn. Love the male. So yeah, the male unicorn is actually frozen. He's sitting under a tree. He's he got no horn. And the female is there watching over him, yada yada. So th- they left a dwarf, a, the drunk one, the drunk rapist dwarf, who pops up out of the snow like he's literally going to <laughs> fucking kill a baby and rape the corpse. Like that's what this. Oh, it's it's horrible. So <laughs> he's there, and then he's like, "Hey, go! The goblins are coming back!" And then he's like, "Ah, yeah, right." So then the fucking sure enough, Bix shows up, starts shooting some arrows. He's actually really, really handy with a frying pan. Like he's using a frying pan to deflect these arrows, like fucking like Neo dodging bullets. Like seriously, he's really that good with it. But then he gets shot in the quote unquote brain pan and <laughs> falls over, and you're like, "Well, maybe he's playing possum. Yeah. We don't know." Well, there goes that. So then, yeah, the, then they get a, a cargo net out of nowhere. <laughs> Fucking Bix throws it. Lily's standing in front of the unicorn, like, "Oh, I'm gonna stop you," but she basically just gets caught in the net as well. Uh, so they're captured. Jack, they Jack... take him to get armored up in a mysterious cavern with. Uh, it's like maybe it was a barrel white cavern where there's a bunch of dead people. I don't know. Yeah, it's never really of... explained. There's a bunch of shiny things in armor, and Jack comes out with a golden scale mail, which is actually really cool. Except it only covers, just covers his junk a little bit. Yes, he doesn't have any pants on. <laughs> he doesn't wear. I think in the in the woods you're not allowed to wear pants. Maybe that's the. Uh, I don't know. And then knows? from there on out, it is them going off. Off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of darkness. Yes, to, to fight and rescue Lily, get the unicorn back, and we could go with the rest of this and all the interesting events, but 
fact is that that's pretty much the plot. That's the that is the interesting part of the movie is all the things, and we don't really want to spoil that part because that is the interesting part of the movie. The, the adventure inside of the actual the Lord of Darkness is. Oh, actually, we will go into one thing. The last subplot besides them, Jack and Gump and Screwball and Una trying. Una is the fairy who has a crush on him who won't reveal himself to the other dwarves for some reason. Yeah, Maybe she's they're... actually a little ball of light, and then she can actually morph into a regular human size. And nobody knows this until it comes time to uh, magically escape their imprisonment. But you know, it's just kind of like, how did you not know that fairies can can morph into this big? I mean, even even Julia Roberts did it in Hook. I mean, you know, exactly. Tinkerbell wasn't always that small. Yeah, exactly. So. It's just, the whole thing made no fucking sense. But, either way. Either way, either way, either way. What was the subplot we were So the on? other subplot we're talking about is that they throw in something where the, the Lord of Darkness isn't actually... The, say, he looks like Satan, he's scary like Satan, but he's not Satan. He's actually Satan's son, apparently. Uh, he talks to his fireplace a lot and calls it father, and the fireplace talks back to him. Maybe he's OCD. Maybe he's maybe he's MPD. We don't know. But he. But yeah, he, he, it's implied that he's like a, a second. He's he's not the the darkest of all, even though he he looks like he could be. He's a second in command. He has a problem because he's apparently become infatuated with Lily because they captured him and they didn't kill her. So he's like he's like. Hey, now, Pop, I know I'm supposed to kill her, but it's been a couple thousand years and she's actually very nimble and hot. What can we do? His dad's like, Well, you can try to do chocolates and presents and just lie to us and ourselves to get that pussy. Straight up brainwasher, manipulator, she'll be yours. And is he actually, you know, the one of the interesting scenes is he actually has tricks her into a hall. They don't really explain how she gets there. It's just kind of like she's randomly running around the castle and you're like, how is she? You don't even really see her get captured. To be honest with you, they raise the cargo net in front of you know. It's implied that she got captured. Obviously, next time you see her, she's like just running through the halls of fire and skeletons and I mean, every, you know. I mean, why are they supposed to have like dragged her or maybe they let her escape or something? They don't even, they yeah, like, she should be at least in a fucking cage. She's a prisoner of war for God's sakes. Keep her locked up. Don't have her give her free roam of the entire place. It doesn't fucking matter. She's free range, blah, 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 runs around, and she ends up in a room, and there's a giant, just for no reason, there's a dresser there, with a bunch of shiny objects, and she goes and looks at the shiny objects, and then suddenly, a dress comes at her, and in a pretty cool scene, starts dancing with her, and suddenly she's in the dress. She's in the dress, and she's looking a little dark, she's got black makeup and black lipstick on. And now, here's the coolest scene. She looks in a mirror, and she sees herself, she starts perfect for a second, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, a hand starts going out of the mirror, a red hand, she starts freaking out. And then a hoof comes out, and then in all of his glory, in the right color, you see Tim Curry as the Lord of Darkness, and she passes out. And immediately you see him, he kind of crouches over her, and she suddenly makes a moan, so you're wondering, huh, was he wearing pants at the time? <laughs> he had a full-on erection, and was just like, hey, it's been a millennia, baby, <laughs> But he has a witty banter with her, and the subplot is like he's in love, he's trying to convince her, and there's they have a dinner sequence, which is kind of funny, because he's kind of like... As you said, what did you say? Uh, he's getting all pissed up. He's like, hey, come on, baby, come on. And then, then she's like, like, everything he's saying, she's saying the opposite. He starts to get really pissed off at her. And then he's like, just you, just sit with me. We'll yeah, be fine. Come on, come on. Oh, I, I'd love to hear what you have on your mind, baby. I'd love to hear your thoughts and stuff. Uh, just come on, get it out, get it out. And then she's like pissing him off. And he's like, like, God damn it! And he starts freaking out. 
<laughs> it's actually really funny. Yeah, we, we are kind of spoiling this part, but he's just like, he, so he eventually does like, oh, I'll do whatever you say, just let me kill the unicorn, and then from there on, it's, is she evil, is she good, we don't know, and then the yeah, rest of the movie is just... Kill the last unicorn, oh no, and then, yeah, some other stuff happens. So I say we should get to what we really liked about the movie. Strong points. All right, strong points about the movie, in my opinion, are set design was yes. awesome. The makeup was just amazing. The characters looked like they actually were the characters. I mean, like, Blix, we couldn't even tell she was a woman. She looked like a little troll goblin. The the troll orcs, they are very menacing, scary, big Nazi. Ku Klux Klan hat-wearing orcs in the kitchen. Uh, they look like warthogs, basically. Yes, it's a very well-done film. The movie was filmed very well. The- yeah. Yeah, just to to uh, just to interject real quick, um, all the set designs. It was really busy. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of thought to it. You know, you got bears eating freaking honey in the background. It's not even like a you know main thing. There's just a lot of stuff. There's swords and armor and skeletons. You know, like in certain points, it's like the set was telling a story on its own. Yeah, and it, it looked really cool. It wasn't stagnant. It was actually everything was moving, and it actually helped build the world and made it more believable. And that is a very good point. Very to strong it. point. Yes. Uh, acting was for the most part like director's cut versions a li- it cleans it up a little better but still the, the it wasn't bad I mean, it wasn't bad the no high point is really. still Tim Curry had the best yeah gets the MVP in this movie exactly Tim Curry was good the young Tom Cruise actually kind of fit uh, he was a little bit naive you could see and like you know, he was just the right age for the and the right actor for the job, and I think everybody was like that. The midgets are midgets; they're they were there because they're small. First Gump character, like a twelve-year-old boy, and the, you know that's what they wanted—like the little satyr kind of blowing a flute around, kind of dude with a bow and arrow. Yeah, he was, he was a good character. The series, the movie is excellent. It's what the set design, all of that, and also the areas are well done. I mean, some of the little stuff sides that you see the things on the sides just that you don't even notice like all the dead bodies all the like you said makes you wonder you want to know more about this world yeah it's like if you're flipping through the channels and you came across this movie no matter what point it is the scene is actually going to draw you in like the set design you're actually going to stop and watch it for at least 10 minutes I I guarantee it like you can't just not watch it it draws you in to watch it now that brings us into the main problem of the film one, the pacing is atrocious, and that's why I think that they did a direct because everything is random. Yeah, it's it's basically like the movie was chopped up, and then you could tell it that behind the scenes, producers are probably getting a lot of shit from the studio, who's like, oh, you gotta shorten this and do this, and it probably just made it incoherent. They had to, they edited like everything really shittily. It just really wasn't a good edit job, and you could tell that there was a lot of pressure and constraint on the film. I mean, if you are a little kid, it'll be scary and wonderful. As an adult, you're like, what? How did they get there? <laughs> yeah, a lot of pacing will be done, and this is a pretty big edit job because the movie itself is an hour and thirty minutes. The director's cut is an hour and fifty nine minutes. Yeah, that's that... a big difference. Yeah, and the fact that they show scenes out of order in theatrical releases, you could tell it just didn't make fucking sense. I mean, it even there's a website which actually compared the two films, and it's like there are it's some things are some of the changes are negligible, like for like some scenes are darker, so you don't see the villain, or there's a little more dialogue in this point. But then there's some dramatic sequences where it's just very different, like they throw in more of just what's going on. Actually, we probably should uh, plug this website. It's uh, www.movie-censorship.com. 
and then just look up the legend, and they'll go in depth about how the, the obviously the scene by scene comparison, and probably give you a little bit of a backstory as to uh, what yeah, we were talking like, about earlier about the. There's a climatic scene at the end of the movie, which they literally it's so bad. It's just like the theatrical version is maybe twelve seconds. The D, the director's cut version is like. 20 seconds of stuff in it. Yeah, they just insert spots. It makes it look a lot cooler. I would actually... I've never seen the director's cut. This, the theatrical version that we watched and we reviewed, made me want to watch the director's cut. Just because it looks a lot more interesting. And like we said, we were definitely drawn in by all the stuff that we saw. All the sets and all the, you know, the magic that's going on and the, the swords and whatnot. That looks cool. It made me want to see the actual what the movie was supposed to be before it got tinkered with. Now, we could get into the music, but that's suffice to say we'll leave yeah. that alone. Music that... sucked. If you like flash dance music, uh, any kind of '80s techno crap, uh, you may like the, the music. Otherwise, it's shit. Yes. And so let's get into that part we've all waiting for, and that's the review of this thing. Now, I'm going to give this our second lowest review, which is going to be. Worth having in the background while serving the internet for porn. And you're probably like, wait, 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 you said a bunch of good things. And this is a conditional. The reason why it's conditional is this, the theatrical version gets that. Director's cut, I'm going to bump it up to probably a worth seeing on DVD or television once. I agree. I'll be your echo on this one. I totally agree with that. If you're surfing for some hardcore DP porn, check Legend every once in a while. Like I said, you'll be drawn in for a couple of minutes. It doesn't matter because it's told in, in fragments anyway, so you're really not missing much uh, with the theatrical version. You definitely have to check out the There's director's cut. cut once, at least once, and, and it's a judge shame. for yourself. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's one of the very few fantasy films that are out there. Real fantasy, not sci-fi fantasy. These are actual hardcore fantasy films, and it's the only, like, there's only, like, maybe five of them that are like this that are done as well. I mean, like, visually. Yeah, like, if you're a girl, you can enjoy this, you know, like, if you got a girlfriend, you can be like, hey, come on, let's let's watch this movie, babe, and, uh, you know, it's got a love story or whatever, and she'll actually, you know, because my girlfriend sometimes really doesn't like the uh, fantasy and the sci-fi films, if you have one, you could, you could watch this with her, she might like the love aspect, or, you know. It's a good thing to get you to get extra points with the ladies. Yes, and, and for you ladies who are listening, it's a it's a it's a cute film. It has romance and it has action and it has all this stuff. And if you like shirtless sweaty guys, well, Tim Curry will do it for you because honestly, Tom Cruise looks like the well, ninety-eight pound weakling. Yeah, he doesn't take his shirt off, and the only other shirtless guy is a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> So but if you, but if, but we don't judge you if, if that's if that's your thing, girls. That's, yeah. you know. Just don't let us know about it. You know, exactly. We'll, we'll pretend. Yeah. So you remember, you can check us out at www.sparkin.com. You can check out the feed under iTunes, and it's a time you are waiting for. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the dodecahedron of movies. <sighs> Now, what is a dodecahedron? A dodecahedron is a 12-sided object, and what we've done is we've assigned this 12-sided object because it is the month of sword, sorcery, and sweatless guys. We're not doing any of our special gimmicks we usually have in our regular episodes, which is the co-host choice, the host choice, and or the... Roll again. Yes. So we're going to just roll this dodeca and see what it is going to be for the next episode, the final episode in the month of sword, sorcery, and... 
certain sweaty guys. I'm actually getting a little sad about this now. Yeah, it's been a good month. We've we've had some fun, and this is gonna be a special one because we're gonna try and get everybody aboard, especially you know Cal, Bell. Oh yes, I haven't seen either of them in quite a while. Well, Cal's been doing his own thing. I don't know what's going on with him. He's been losing his mind. But let's see. Let's roll. Number ten. Oh. <gasps> oh, ten. Ten, I think that... Ah, that's right, bitches. I am back for the final installment of the month of sword sorcery and shirtless sweaty guys. We'll be reviewing the sequel to my highly loved film, Conan the Destroyer. And ironically, Conan is our most popular movie review episode. For hey. some reason. <laughs> you know what? The gods of the dodecahedron have smiled upon us. Yes. I mean, there were a lot of other films we had. I mean, we had Hawk the Slayer, which is a horrible movie. We had Call the Conqueror. We had Red Sonia. We had Princess Bride. We had so many others. Uh, the Golden Voyage of Sinbad. We had all these movies, and for some reason they chose this film. I don't know why, but... Hey, it was meant to be, man. It was meant to be. So, guess that's it for this episode, so... This is your co-host, D. Suppose you tell me, Jack. You know these woods as well as any elf. Did you not see something odd today? Any strange spirits? Did nothing untoward happen? Oh, God, Gumbash, she touched him. Touched it! We meant no wrong. I did it for Lily. I did it for love. Love, you say? Well, love is another matter. Brown Tom! A toast to love. And this is your host, Zan. Favorite quote in the movie was... You think you have won! What is light without God? <laughs> I am a part of you all. You can never defeat me. That's it for this episode of the Spire Can Movie View. We will catch you next time. And remember, folks, you can also check out our poll for the next theme month, which will be in April. We'll see what that is. And I'll catch you guys later. See you later. And. Arrivederci! Arrivederci, baby.
you angel of darkness, your reign is over. A new order begins. I hold the power. Shit. Please. It was only a joke. I didn't mean it. No. No. Have you no sense of humor? Adios, amigos. Forgive that intrusion, great lord, but goblins are inclined to be outspoken, and I like to encourage their initiative.